wait to grow up. I got plans to blow up. Mama said it ain't easy, but I don't care. So what? <laughs> I am obsessed. This has got to be my new ringtone. I can't with Melania. That song is so epic. Oh my goodness. <sighs> Shall we have a listen? Okay, so I'm going to play just a little touch of it for you. And at the end of the entire podcast, I'll have the whole show, including the, what, one minute long intro where Teresa comes in and tries to make the girls play a board game. And it's just so epic. I highly recommend going and checking out the video clip. You are going to die. Any hoozles, I better introduce the show. Welcome to Reality TV and Me. I'm your host, Kirsty, and this is I Can't Wait to Grow Up by Melania Judy J. Judice. Wow, 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 wow. Great stuff from Melania Giudice Giudice right there. What an epic tune. Look, I'm just going to call it as I sees it. Not the best lyrically, um, but I do pride myself on my lyricism. So look, I might be a little bit harsh of a judge but I don't think she wrote it wasn't that um knits or <laughs> the, the kid with knits knit knit the grit I doesn't didn't the producer write it or maybe yeah it was, someone else wrote it so we can't blame Melania for that um look she doesn't have the voice of an angel as yet but she's 12 years old this was my dream She's just, you know, being able to live out every little girl's dream of being a superstar for a day. She gets to, like, watching her, I know I'm jumping ahead, but watching her at that dance studio, practicing her dance moves with her friends, um, with the two stage moms um, in the background, Melissa and Trey were so fucking funny. <laughs> Melania, Melania, like this. <laughs> it killed me. So good. So we had that going on. That was amazing. Got to do a video clip. Got to record a song. Got to meet Fatty Wop. Um, who, as an elder, I do not know who or what a Fetty Wop is. But she obviously seemed excited. So that's great. Yeah, honestly, if I had been given the opportunity to do this at 12 years old, I would have taken it, like, in a heartbeat. Wouldn't have thought twice. And wouldn't even even cared if I was being mocked on a global scale, which unfortunately seems to be what's happening. I mean, we forget she's 12 years old. And um, first of all, the, she doesn't have the nails of a 12-year-old. I didn't even start getting my nails done. I'm 30 years old. I probably started getting my nails done a couple of years ago. So that was confronting. Those talon-like beasts on the end of her hands. Um, those are nails of a 16-year-old like child star, not a 12-year-old child star, if you ask me. But you're not asking, so I'm just telling. So, yeah, that was, um, that was pretty, pretty intense. Um, look, I think it was really sweet that Therese is giving her this opportunity to express herself and, you know, it, it draws on a lot of different skills. Um, maybe she was involved in the songwriting, we don't know, but there's creativity involved, there's dancing involved, there's physicality involved, there's the filming process, um, which she's essentially grown up with, but it's different when it's, you know, scripted. There's the singing and, yeah, so, I mean, it's all just a really great... We're, if nothing more, if you know, she might not continue this as a career path. Um, who knows? She might. She might have just fucking loved it and decided that this is her passion in life and she's going to work hard and 
be a teen rapper, which would be awesome. Um, but yeah, so if the least that she gets out of this is a distraction from the heartbreak of her dad being away, which we all know what that means, um, then that's a positive. And I think Teresa's doing is just like, she just looks like such a good mom in this, you know, she just looks so cute. I have decided I, at the um, listening party, when Melania's performing, you can just see the pride bursting from Teresa's eyes and Gia and basically everyone. They're just so proud of her. And like, let's be honest, this is a, like the world's shittest song since um, Friday, Friday, gotta get down on Friday. Like, it's not great. But the pride pouring out of everyone's faces was just so heartwarming so I've decided never ever to trust my mother again when I ask her whether or not something I've creatively produced and I do make music and I do make music videos and uh, I write and all kinds of stupid shit that I create and I will never trust my mom ever again when she tells me that I am the single most talented person she's ever met because I was always just like, yes, mom, I am. I need this. Fill up my ego bucket. Um, yeah. But after seeing Teresa's face uh, during that performance, I was like, okay, that's just a mother's love. That's, yeah, that can't be bought. That kind of devotion cannot be bought. Only a mother will love you like that. And look, I really felt sorry for her when she was, you know, texting her dad and he was wishing her luck and he couldn't be there for obvious reasons but I was just thinking back to all my school performances me up on stage singing and dancing my little tits off and my dad asleep if he was there he was in the audience asleep and obnoxiously snoring I'm talking like freight train and I'm just like, okay, you know what? In this instance, I'm like, I would be glad if my father didn't show. Because <laughs> I don't want my dad snoring at my single launch. Oh, dear. Anyway, I'm sure Joe Giudice would be much more um, excited for his his little Melania. This, they've got such a cute relationship. So, yeah, I thought that was that was really nice. And, yeah, obviously, you know, much to be desired in the musicality front. But the film clip had some interesting twists and turns. And, you know, it was... Um, I'm not going to sit here and rag on a 12-year-old if that's what you want me to do, okay? So it was great. I fucking loved it. <laughs> going to be my new ringtone. <laughs> okay, let's get back to the beginning and we'll just make our way through uh, from there. So obviously, I don't have to tell you this, but we're in New Jersey, starting with Real Housewives New Jersey. So we are getting ready to leave for the wine tasting. So we're all meeting at J um, Jackie's house and everyone's rocking up slowly and then Jennifer rocks up. And she decides that she just desperately has to go to the toilet before they leave, just so that she can have a little cheeky snooperoonie in Jackie's house before they go. Which, fair enough, like, I know she's bitter and pissed off at the moment, so I'd probably have done the same thing. But, um, yeah, did anyone else, like, like, it looked like when Ramona was redoing her house and everything was just white and the walls were bare and it was just very open and it, there was no real feeling of life anywhere. That's kind of how I felt about Jackie's house. Like, yes, it's nice and it's clean, but doesn't look lived in. Certainly not with children. Um, yeah, I found that really strange. But anywho, nothing major to report. And um, I'm sure Jackie cleaned her house and specifically her bathrooms head to toe just so that... um. Just, just on the off chance anyone came inside. Because if you're going to be talking about other people's houses, you better make sure yours is perfect. Um, Yeah, so there was a little bit of a confrontation, but not much sort of 
happened was it oh no so what happened in regards to that was um jennifer starts giving out the presents from turkey and look they all look like those like cheap bullshit things that you get from like thailand and bali where it's just like you know some strange cloth and some mirrors stuck to it and suddenly it's like gypsy-esque and middle eastern and anyway so you know that kind of shit and then um then jen gives jackie a fancy looking dagger and jen's like oh what's uh what's this and um jen's like oh well this is a special dagger um because you stabbed me in the back i want to be prepared for it next time you want to stab me in the back and jackie being jackie she's not going to take any of this shit so she's like you know what fuck this i don't want your passive aggressive gift and then they just start throwing a dagger at each other in a moving vehicle so that was um intense nobody lost a finger or an eye which was disappointing but you know there was the risk of it and that's always that's always nice in my housewives that somebody could lose part of their body uh aside from that apparently margaret's a present got lost in the mail just like the mail order bride I mean, I thought that was actually just super rude that, you know, even like like Jen gives everyone a gift, even Jackie, even though it's rude and passive aggressive and, you know, also kind of like a total dig, but to not even get Margaret anything, I mean, I think Margaret's copping a lot, like copping a lot this, this season, despite her being, I think she's one of the kindest, most genuine housewives, um, probably because she calls it like she sees it and people don't like to hear the truth and they also don't like jokes (laughs) that seems to be a housewife thing they don't get unless you're in Atlanta they don't get jokes and they don't like jokes about themselves and they don't like the truth if you do any of those things people aren't going to like you the other thing that came up um hang on I need a sip of my cider to get through this next bit Okay, other thing that came up is, for some reason, what is with Atlanta and now Jersey and everyone getting people's names tattooed on them? What is going on? So now Frank's getting Dolores' name tattooed on him? I mean, I'm just... And Melissa says what we're all thinking... They're fucking every night. And Dolores doesn't deny it. Like, she just laughs along. and Because they 100% are. I mean, how much happier is Dolores these days and more, like, relaxed and, like, I don't know. She just has a bit more energy to her than she did when we first, when she first popped onto the scene. Sorry, but she is getting a good dose of that vitamin D every night from Frank. And you know what? Good on her. I like Frank. I'm, I will say it. I am sexually attracted to Frank Catania. And I'm not ashamed of it. <laughs> I think he's got, like, he's not typically handsome, but he's got sex appeal. He's like rough around the edges. He's real Italian. He's real, like, you feel like he's big and bulky. You feel like you just, anyone could be like, oh, a tiny little dainty Thumbelina next to, next to him. He's one of those men, like, like Joe, um, not Judice, but also Joe Judice. Um, Joe with Melissa. I can't, I can't remember his last name. You know, they're real, these real Italian, like American Italians are different to Italian Italians. American Italians, New York Italians, they're going to fight for their woman. This accent is so good. I'm sorry. (laughs) It's so bad. (laughs) These guys love their women. They fight for their women. Yes, occasionally their dick slips into another vagina. And they will also protect that secondary vagina. But end of the day, they love women and they will respect and love up on them forever because they love their mamas. And that's how they were raised. 
I gotta say, I like, I like, I've always liked an Italian, but I do like, I like an American-Italian mix. I like that in a man. So if anyone knows any, look, I'm Australian, I mean, you'll never find me. I'm Australian, but I'm living in London and I'm constantly moving around because hashtag homeless. But you know what? If you find a way to connect with me and you know a gorgeous Italian American man in his 40s, send him my way, honey. I'm listening. <sighs> the other thing that happens in the ride to the wine tasting, lot went on actually, quite eventful, is we got to meet Fat Jackie. Oh my god, I love her. She was just like, yeah, nobody loved me in high school. No boys were hitting on me or asking me out because I was a fat ass. And then they showed a photo of Fat Jackie and she was so cute. It was just like, um, what's the one from Beverly Hills that was fat and now she's a life coach or some bullshit? Teddy. It was like Fat Teddy. Like, so not fat by any means, but compared to Real Housewife standards where everyone looks like Teresa who just eats like a steamed chicken breast three times a day um, and works out for about six hours a day. You know, sinew on bone. Um, yeah, of course, anything's going to look chubby. But I was a little funky chubster as well. I've spoken about it in other, you know, several times. And so I can totally relate but then she did tell us in like episode one or somewhere early on that she had had, had an eating disorder and has a strange relationship with food. So now that she's, I mean, even now she's tiny. So, I mean, it's hard to know where to stand on that because sometimes like myself and I know people that have as well, like when you've struggled with your weight, you've been overweight or you've been underweight, you kind of flip to the other extreme before you figure out what a good balance for you is so hopefully she's in that balance but seeing as she's living in the public eye in the house housewives world I would be quite surprised if she wasn't you know cutting carbs and watching what she ate and you know all that kind of fun stuff but anyway um I thought that was really fun that we got to see Little gorgeous funky chubster Jackie. Then we arrive at said tasting and we meet once again drunk Jen. Oh, how I adore and hate drunk Jen. I've got such a love hate relationship with drunk Jen because I feel like I am drunk Jen. <laughs> I'm all these horrible people. I am. If I do say so myself, I am a delight when sober, but put a couple of drinks in me and I will speak my mind to the point of rude. And when Jen started rapping about sucking dick for some unknown reason, I was like, you know what? I can see it from the outside now and it's not ideal. Because I was like, shit, I can so see myself doing that. That is embarrassing. Not like, I don't know, I, I love to rap. When I get drunk, I love to rap and I love to be vulgar. I'm essentially Melania crossed with drunk Jen. <laughs> I was like, I even wrote in my notes, I don't know what's happening. I was just like, Jesus. And then um, then she loses it at at Margaret and she's like, I can't, um, you can't relate to people who have set up marriage. I don't know why this is her voice, but this is how, she doesn't have anything like that, but the persona Drunk Jen puts out has this voice, so I'm going with it. You can't relate to people who have set up marriages, and I can't relate to people who have affairs with married men. I see a pattern, I see a pattern. I was like, bitch please, that is beyond rude. Poor Margaret, she didn't sign up for this. She's just getting ripped a new one every episode and she's so lovely. And when I look at Jen and I look at her marriage and those five kids, all I can see is if your husband is not already cheating on you, he will. 
you will understand it and you're not going to like it. Or she's going to go and fall in love with someone else and they'll be like, whoops, sorry. But she won't be able to leave because of her I like I ideals that are taught to her about her, you know, is it religion or whatever they've been raised on? I mean, and it's old school. They're just old school, which means basically you stick it out even though you're unhappy. I don't like that. I'm so with Jennifer, uh, sorry, Jackie, when she said she was trying to, you know, kind of calm the peace a little bit. But she was just like, you know what? It doesn't matter how you find the person that makes you happy. All that matters is that you find them. And at the end of the day, I was like, praise be, bitch. Like, yes, preach. Because she got it, you know? And sometimes she happens. Sometimes you fall in love when you're in a relationship with someone else. Or somebody else is in a relationship and they fall in love with you. Or, you know, like, people fall in love at, at inopportune times. The heart wants what the heart wants. It happens. You know, it's life. Nothing is always perfect. And when Marge said, if you haven't met anyone that, what she say? If you haven't met anyone that's ever cheated on their husband or been with a married person, you haven't lived. Basically, she was saying you've been, she wasn't saying like it's cool or anything like that because obviously it's destructive and hurtful to everyone around and the families. But what I heard her saying was that it um how could how do I say it there she's been sheltered it's like she's been wrapped up in a little bubble and protected from what's really going on because this goes on we all know this goes on it's the premise to most interesting tv shows or heartbreak songs or you know we talk to our friends and they're being cheated on or whatever like this stuff happens so I think that's what she meant when she said you haven't lived all right gotta keep moving on because I'm getting bogged down I can't wait to go okay so then we have (laughs) um Trey goes over to Danielle's and Marty's there I've only got a quick note on this. Um, She goes over there to invite them to the listening party. And she's like, oh, how's married life to Marty? And he's like, it's wonderful. (laughs) And they pan to both Marty and Danielle's faces and they're both just like, it's like they're staring into a void of sadness. And I was just like, whoa, awkward. And Teresa's just like, okay. Like, you could tell she's like, I gotta move on from this question right away. <laughs> it was awful. And then um, that little nugget comes out, which sparks the fire at the listening um, party that Danielle tells Teresa, um, which instantly I was like, well, fucking shit. Um, but tells her that Margaret has said about Teresa and Melissa are not to be trusted. Uh, and she said that to Danielle. And I, I was just like, okay, okay. Quit clinging on to, you know, your Bravo life float. She just wants to be relevant and she's not relevant anymore. And that, you know, she, she, she doesn't know. She's just like clasping to loose ends. There's nothing, you know, it's, it's just bullshit. When you look at Margaret's character and you look at Danielle's character, it's, I mean, it's pretty clear who to trust, right? Um, we randomly have this little moment between Marge and Jackie that I guess is just foreshadowing the rest of the series. Um, Jackie wants to reconcile with her sister or is thinking about it. And I thought it was really sweet that Marge was like saying how she'd never given up on reaching out to her kids. Um, and I think they're her stepkids, but she was in the picture for a very long time. I, tell me if I'm wrong. I always thought whenever she said my kids, that they were her stepkids. Um, but but maybe she has her own children. I don't know. I was confused. I've always been confused about that. So somebody um, let me know. And um, anyway, she said she never gave up on reaching out. She always calls, writes letters, writes emails, you know, has never given up, even without, even though they don't respond. And I just thought that is so beautiful because one day they will respond and it you know it might, it could be years from now but they will always know this person never stopped loving me they never stopped thinking about me and i 
and they never gave up on me. And when people, you know, when people, someone's trying to push you away and push you away and push you away and finally you give up, that is like heartbreaking. So I, I don't know, it's hard because you don't want to be a burden either. But yeah, I was, I was, I was happy to hear that. That was like a little scene, but it, it was important. Um, we had this little random, another little random scene between Dolores and Jen working out in inverted commas, um, just <laughs> taking a little stroll down the park and carrying some 0.5 kilo weight. So that was cute. Don't have any notes on it because they're the two most Yawnsville people in the entire show. Then we had uh, Melania's dance class, which I covered before. So that was just <laughs> really cute. And they flashed back to Melissa doing on display and I died. I died. I love the little dance mum kind of scene. The only other thing we didn't get to with that was that they started to discuss the Carbo trip, which came up later again at the listening party and whether or not to invite Danielle and that whole debacle. But obvi we have to have her there because I mean, look, I we love to hate her, right? Like we need that fire in the show. Although now we've got Jen and Jackie, they kind of, you know, do lighten it up a bit again and and bring more tension and excitement. So I don't know, maybe Danielle's a bit tired. Anyway, she can come. I'll be happy for her to come. So we have the listening party and we um get surprised. Nitty the Gritty or Nick Grid or whatever it is. <laughs> Gritsville brings out Fetty Wap as a surprise. Um, look, I was happy that Melania was happy, but all I could think was, hmm, must be nice to be a rich, famous kid. Like, having this huge listening party that's on TV, that's being filmed, you get to meet this superstar who pops in for literally half a second and then leaves. He was just like, hey... <laughs> I thought that was actually quite funny. Maybe he stayed for a while, but it really just looked like he popped in for, like, a quick hug and his car was, like, he didn't even basically slow down, just jumped out, hey, what's up? And then jumped back in the car without it even cooling down. (laughs) So, yeah, but who knows? It was still pretty cool because it can't be that, like, can't give you that much street cred to turn up on, um, Real Housewives of New Jersey, of all things. So, you know, good on ya, Fetty. Is all. <laughs> I don't know. What was going on with Danielle's hair? Just quietly. It looked like an actual bird's nest. Did she crimp it? I was staring at it, but I couldn't figure out what the fuck was going on. She looked insane she looked like she had just escaped an insane asylum and i am speaking from some from somebody who has as somebody who has been to an insane asylum and i was just like holy fuck that's what i woke up looking like (laughs) it was so bad holy shit and her face just looked like it was you know don't get too close to a flame because the wax will melt hun wow amazing then Jennifer, I mean, I don't usually notice people's breasts, but in that red dress, Jennifer was sporting quite a low breast, kind of swinging in the wind there. Just from my, all I could hear in my head was that song, do your boobs hang low, do they wobble to and fro, could you tie them in a knot, can you tie them in a bow? That was going through my head the whole time. <laughs> Jennifer was on screen talking to Marge. Oh, Oki Momos. So good. The only other thing I just loved um, was when we went over to Marty and the two Joes, the Jojos, in the corner gossiping while the girls were arguing um, about, oh, who bloody knows who to invite to the Carbo trip, I think, mostly, and then all the other beefs. Oh, and the thing that um, Danielle had told said that Margaret was bitching about Teresa and Melissa, that, you know, Melissa, um, Margaret was basically like, well, if you don't know who to trust, then don't trust anyone. That's, which is great advice. You know, make up your own mind is basically what she was saying. But yes, as Danielle is wont to do, she twisted it and contorted it. So it suited her argument. 
anyway, I loved when we just panned over to the boys gossiping together and they're all just kind of in this little circle staring at the girl. It was so primary school. It was really cute. But then Buddy Marty, like, st- has to stick his head in. What a little fucking dick bag. And he's suggesting that Margaret is jealous of Danielle because what? she Danielle's the prettiest girl in the room wherever she goes. I mean... No, I'm. I don't want to be rude, but has he seen Danielle? Do you know what your wife looks like? She looks like a wax figurine. Do you guys see that picture of um Lindsay Lohan and Danielle Starbert at doing well, Watch What Happens Live this week? Holy fucking fuck sticks! It was insane. They both just looked like wax figures of each other with these like Joker smiles and glassy sad eyes that have seen too much it was awful so yeah that was very confusing and even when joe told margaret later she was just like 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 you would you nobody would be jealous of danielle danielle is a broken person and you can just see that in a single glance anyway i thought that was quite beautiful how joe margaret's husband got pissed off and you know almost hit marty like it's violence is never the answer but i want a man like joe who's gonna defend my honor and um then the other joe melissa's joe gorga that's the last name um you know pulls him back and tells him to calm his farm a little bit and i thought that was sweet but yeah, he was like, yeah, if anyone was going to talk about my wife like that. I don't know why he's southern all of a sudden. Um, you know, he'd be pissed off and he'd be doing the same thing. But it's at Melania's rap show. <laughs> I don't want to cry. So he decided it was okay to step off, as the kids would say. So next week, um, we got a little glimpse into... Margaret speaking to Jen. This is the only thing I picked up from the next week segment clip thing. Um, Margaret saying to Jen, your lip liner looks like a monkey's asshole. <laughs> and Jen screaming, an asshole that you want to suck. I was like, whoa, what's happening? I think we must have drunk Jen back. Amazing. I'm quite enjoying their um antics together. But it just reminded me, I filmed this music video that's not out yet, but we did some strange coloured lips for it that were meant to be, you know how there was that fashion for a while where the, where it's like a stain, so the middle of the lip is a different colour and then it kind of fades out. So we did like a blue in the middle, a dark blue, and it was meant to fade out into like a light blue and then a white. And I remember looking in the mirror before my makeup was quite finished. I went to the bathroom and I grabbed my director and I was like, my lips look like an alien's butthole. (laughs) And that's what like, that's what it just reminded me of when she said, your lips look like a monkey's asshole. I'm like, ah, I can relate. (laughs) What a ride. Well, that was fun. I'm going to take a quick break, Rooney, that you won't even notice, and be back with some V-Pump. So this week in the VP universe, we've had the launch of um, Kristen's James May brand, which is all a bit strange because, I mean, yes, we know that James and May are the names of her niece and nephews, but it's just all very strange to be advertising for your ex-boyfriend who is on the same show as you I, I mean I wouldn't be able to pull that off I just yeah I couldn't I wouldn't be able to take myself seriously in that but um you know I don't know that Kristen struggles taking herself seriously in the most ridiculous situations so here we are um anyway that was me jumping ahead but I'm just reflecting back on the socials this week so there's been heaps of pictures from her launch um with all the cast except James, wearing um, her shirts and, I mean, they're fine. You know, we'll get into that a little bit later, I suppose. Um, and the only other thing is on the Watch What Happens Live um, 
Insta, there's this photo of all the girls because they did the show this past week. And can some, like, I'm just looking at Sheena's face and she, her mouth is like the size of a joker. Can anyone else look at that photo for me and just, where they're all sitting on the couch, obviously having their interviews, and she just looks insane. I mean, I could, honestly, the only way I would have known it was her was because she was with the rest of the cast. If she'd been on the show alone, I would have struggled to think it was her. So she's done something really weird to her face or it's makeup or it's, you know, fillers and makeup. But someone else check it out because I was just a bit like, Anyway, so let's get into the episode. So last week we had the um, Your Dick Punched My Heart teaser. <laughs> and essentially that's where we open. Um, we were, we opened on, you know, a replay of Stasi's Meltdown last week. And um, randomly Tom 2 hiding under the table, drunken, a drunken mess, which actually isn't a surprise at all. It's just what we've come to expect from... His drunken antics, and that's really glossed over, and, and I appreciate that. That that was just everyone just knows. Even the producers, they don't even like edit around it. They don't, you know, dig into it at all. No, nah, they don't play it up. That's just Tom. That's just Schwartzy being Schwartzy. So then we have um, Stacy. We find out that you know Bo was really upset about the incessant calling and her kind of cracking the shits. Um, after the birthday party and that he cried and he got really upset and then they have this weird conversation where Stacy is an absolute mess because um, she's obviously got deep-seated abandonment issues and it's actually quite clever that they tied in all the mum stuff her mum coming in and being also having a meltdown later in the episode which is reflective of Stacy's at the party but um, it was very <laughs> it was like you could it was just seeing the the same thing play out um it was quite uncomfortable as we discussed as as um what's her name jennifer would say in new jersey i'm seeing a pattern this looks like a pattern so yeah i think um you know that's going to take years to unravel that kind of abandonment uh that she's facing and it has nothing to do with Bo, but i understand the intensity of those feelings Anyway, then we get the whole, you dick punched my heart, which, uh, I know that people like, you know, have inside jokes and say stupid shit when they're upset, but what, why is that the first thing you think of? Like, why would you not just say, oh, you know, you really hurt me? I don't understand. So I don't know if he's just uncomfortable with the cameras or too comfortable with the cameras, but I thought that was strange um but he was good about it you know he was just saying oh we need to find out why you are so reactive and blah 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 which we figured out the why later on in the episode with with the mum um but we also you know obviously now they need to start the healing process and she's just like because I'm a dick and a wrecked dick I don't know I guess this is their relationship but I like say some weird ass shit too when I'm in a relationship or with friends and I don't know I just thought it was a little on the near it was, it was a little much I don't know I didn't like it but um I thought Stacy's apology was genuine and we'll get into all the stuff her mum said later like that was you know what fuck it let's just jump ahead and do it now I had forgotten just how intense she is I mean it's it's pretty confronting and um so she'd you know grabbed his butt and wah, wah, and like being awkward and overexcited and you know just a bit just too much and you know you can tell like Bo's trying to obviously this is his girlfriend's mom so he has to kind of play it cool but he's also very uncomfortable and doesn't really know how to react and then she just starts straight in on, I don't know how many time they've, times they've met. I don't know if they, you know, are quite familiar with each other, but she's just like, my clock is ticking. I want grandbabies, you know, all of this stuff. And then starts abusing Stacy, basically saying right in front of everyone. And also, you know, mainly in front of Bo. I just don't want you to be a sub and scare him off. You're down here. I'm up here. He's up here. You know, Anthony Frankel and Kelly Ben Simone way back when 
So I was just, yeah, I thought that was really, really rude. Saying she hasn't frozen her eggs yet. Um, you know, I just, like, telling Stacy that when you first meet someone, you show them who they, would you say that they, who they, hey, who you think they want to see, not your actual personality. I just found that so, so harsh. Um, if my mom had said even any of those things privately to me, I would be devastated and, you know, she wouldn't forget it. <laughs> I would be losing my fucking shit. And Stasi is obviously like, this has been her life. Like she's immune to it. So she's just like embarrassed and pissed off, but she doesn't really react as much as you would have expected. So I was just like, holy fucking shit. That is so horrible. It's almost like around her mum, Stasi becomes the mum in a way. Um, Dana goes on to call Kristen her idol on the on the walk over to dinner with um the other mums and the girls. Sorry if you can hear snoring in the background. I've got a, <laughs> the cat snoring. I've got the cat next to me snoring. It's actually really cute. I think he has a cold. He has the sniffles, so he's a little bit blocked up. Oh my god, he's so cute. Anywho, um, so at dinner we'll just go there and then I'll go back to the start. Dane is now nuzzling into Stasi. She doesn't look drunk. My I was texting my friend Blakey while we were watching and he's like, She's so fucked on benzos. And I like I wouldn't be surprised because she's just all sensual, like feeling like her hair and her skin and like smelling her daughter and being all lovey and nuzzling and kind of sleepy, but then Obviously, then she has a drink and she starts to fucking cry and loses it. And I didn't understand why everyone ran to the support of Dana when Dana was being so insane. Um, and, and, you know, truly this was, this was just reaction overload. Maybe it was for TV. I don't know. And she's just, um, Kristen goes, oh, she's in her bitchy place about Stasi. What? Like, Stasi is feeling very uncomfortable. She's feeling very attacked. Everyone's on her mum's side. Her mum is now crying. Stasi's just sitting there. Yeah, she's got a bitchy look on her face, but she's not really saying anything. She's trying to stop it from escalating. And um, then her mum's just like screams, walks away, huffs and puffs. My ovaries are being absorbed by my body. She gives herself this big, giant hug again. Hi, Zakai. I just want her to hold me and tell me she loves me. Oh my god. I all all I could think was everything Stacy is and has ever been makes perfect sense to me now. 100%. Like the bitchiness, the attacks, the reactivity um the reactivity, the volatility, everything. I was just like, all right. There's so much going on here. Um, they're swapping places between mother and daughter. It's it's just very, very strange. And they definitely need to do some family therapy and individual therapy. But that's just my take. Anywho, so way, let's go way back to the start because I just needed to touch down on Dana because holy fucking fuck shit. She dick punched my ovaries. <laughs> crazy anyway so I think yeah like I said last week I think Stacy and Bo will be fine and then we have James meeting his life coaching friend or the guy he met last time Arthur Arthur is so cute a bit of a I thought he was really hot <laughs> um and he just is pretty you know sits down with James they have a little fro-yo and he's very blunt with him and just says, look, James, we've been having this conversation for years, this same conversation. So what does it tell you? And James is just like, well, that I shouldn't drink. And it's so simple in words and yet so difficile. That means difficult in Italian because I'm like bilingual, except I know like three words. <laughs> um, it's so difficult in practice. Yeah, so, I mean, I feel for James. You know that I love James. He my boy. 
But I thought it was nice that he was saying, you know, honest, caring and driven. Those were his three words he used to describe himself. And then Arthur coaches him in his beautiful, loving, soft tone. And he says, well, an honest man wouldn't take that drink knowing what's going to happen. And that's when James kind of had that epiphany, like, yeah, knowing what's going to happen. I mean, James, you know, even if 50%, even 25% of the time you get drunk, you're an asshole, it's still too much. It's still not okay. So, yeah, I think he's a beautiful person when he's sober. I'll always defend my little jumps there. He's in a bad place. He's had a hard life. And, yeah, I hope things work out for him because I think he's a good person deep down inside. Then we have the staff meeting, which is always fun. I love it. I love a good LVP staff meeting because everyone's in the same room and <laughs> that never ends well. Um, first thing I notice what's happening with Billy's hair she looks like Nini from you know when she had that Sia wig back in 2016 or whatever it was it was so bad (laughs) um but you know she looks beautiful I think she's a gorgeous gal but then who wouldn't be if they had their entire face fixed I would love my entire face fixed so she gorgeous and um yeah then then, then we get into the discussion of whether or not James should be allowed back to work. And I'm sorry to myself, but I had to agree with Sheena. She's like, you know what? It's a business. If you don't want to see him, he works two nights a week. Don't work Tuesdays and Thursdays. Yep. First thing Sheena's ever said in her entire life, that made perfect sense. And then... I know people are cracking the shits. Jax is being so smug that he's, you know, got that, that he's like defending Britney's honor and you know, all this shit and thinks he has an opinion. I'm like, Jax, how many times have you been fired? And Lisa has brought you back because you're good for the show. I mean, he is lucky to be there. And he was being such a little bitch to Lisa. Jesus Christ. No, nah, I was over it. And then, so Billy's point was that, Kristen's coming in and for dinner on the Tuesday nights or a party or whatever and actually forcibly triggering James probably because she wants to be on the show she wants good content for the show and she knows that she can poke the bear a little bit and get a reaction and you know then she get paid that week anyway so yeah I thought Billy had a really good point and then all the girls uh Lala Brittany basically everyone jumps down Billy's throat essentially you know attacking her telling her that you know she's wrong about this whole Kristen triggering James bullshit and he should be able to hold it together and I just loved her response she's like bitch you're not better than me because that is how Lala has I used to love Lala but that is how she has been speaking to everyone. It's this really uppity kind of better than, holier than now bullshit. And it's getting tired. And the only reason she's acting like that is because she's got this daddy, as she calls him, which is basically, you've got a sugar daddy, bitch. Um, In the words of my bestie, Blake, she is essentially a prostitute. You know, she's dating this old man. Maybe she loves him. Maybe she's attracted to him. I don't care. He's buying you a Rolls Royce, he's, you know, all of this fucking shit, and all you have to do is be his, like, little sexy lapdog. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry, not sorry. I'm just causing him like the season. But Billy was dead on. She is now acting that because she's dating this big shot, in inverted commas, director, producer, that somehow she's you know, better than the rest of them. No, honey, that's not how it works. You have to be a better person to be better than any of these... (laughs) I was going to say scum rats. That's so harsh. (laughs) But I did just call her a prostitute, so I guess that's where I'm at. Um, Yeah, so just be kinder. And sometimes she, like, slips into her kindness role. But even, like, in this episode when she was talking to James, which, you know great like you're reaching out to someone who used to be your best friend yes he offended you yes he offended your man but you completely cut him off and you knew how much he loved you and your friendship meant so I don't really approve but 
you know, even meeting up with him later in the episode, I mean, she was still talking down to him, you know, and she still has to mention, oh, daddy's car is in the shop, so I borrowed the Rolls Royce for the day. I'm like, oh, gross. Um, I don't know. I just, I didn't like that conversation. I thought she, you know, James was being very genuine. He was obviously upset. Um, I, yeah, you can just tell, like, whether it's a romantic love or a friendship love, this is hurting James and he does miss the friendship and he misses her. And she was just sort of, she felt like she was doing the right thing. That's the impression I got. It's like she was going to score points for doing this because she's a better person. And I just really, it didn't sit well with me. I didn't like that. Then um, flipping back, we've got Stasi and her book deal, uh, which I don't like, oh, I was so, I have to admit, I was so jealous. So she's got embracing your basic bitch and she's got three months to write it. And obviously she's getting paid for that. And I'm just like, well, I'm writing a book at the moment. And I spent basically the first three months staring at my computer, just like willing my fingers to write. (laughs) And I finally started it and I maybe do like a chapter every fortnight and it's so draining and it's so hard. I'm not being lazy about it. And I'm just like, fuck, I don't know how you can smash out an entire book in three months. But it's, you know, I'm trying to make myself feel better by saying to myself that it's probably something along the lines of um, Confessions of an heiress, you know, the Paris Hilton one where she's basically just blabbering bullshit for about a hundred words and then stuff's in a few photos. (laughs) So I'm like, maybe it's going to be like that. If it's actually a decent quality book, I'll cry because I just, now I feel lesser than, like I can't write anything in three months. But good on her. I'm sure it's great. Um, we have the Tom Tom meeting. And Lisa tells specifically tells the boys, please do not come. Just let Nick do his thing. Last time we met Nick, it was when they were in Vegas and the boys were absolutely like still drunk, absolutely off their nuts, shit faced. And they come in and they're making all these terrible suggestions. It was so embarrassing, so unprofessional. And specifically, you can see she's just like, please don't come, don't do it again. So they start doing a drive-by. I'm sorry, are you 14? (laughs) I was so, like, arm out the window, cruising by with that doof doof. Oh my god, it was so embarrassing. And they even did, they came in... Oh, it was just so, it was, I found it rude and unprofessional. That's how I felt about it. Oh, poor Lisa. I mean, look, it was probably all organized. There's probably all this shit going on behind the scenes and it was probably meant to happen, but I felt awkward for them. Can't they just accept that this is just after their namesake? It's not actually any, they don't want anything to do with you. They want your faces at the bar serving drinks they want to make money off you. It's like see you next Tuesday. They can't get rid of James. They need the face. Sorry. I'm sorry. <clears throat> Excuse me. So then we have Sheena on The Bachelorette. And this whole weird segment. Is this trying to just make make Sheena relevant again? Are we trying to make Sheena happen? Because, I mean, she hasn't been featured much in any of the previous episodes and all of a sudden it's like let's give Sheena her own show because Robbie from The Bachelor's here they have this really awkward bachelor like kiss and she's wiping the slobber off her chin it was just all a lot it was a lot for me she's wanting to what oh also Well, again, I don't know why everyone's hair in this episode is so insane and undone. Maybe that's the new style and I'm just not up with the trends. But in her talking heads, was it just me or did it look like she had just gotten out of the shower and was like halfway through drying her hair? It was so nasty. And then, of course, we have to make a joke about the floor 69, you know, overtly... 
it's just so it's just too much overtly sexual you know i don't know i didn't like it he's a super cheesy skeezy sleazy dude probably perfect for her because he's got an insta following that she can lob on to so i don't know what is she dating adam i mean i'm very confused is he just hanging around he doesn't see neither of them seem into her it seems like they want to be on tv so that's my impression so then we have this awkward momo um in the talking heads as well where sheena's saying that if he would i would talking about sleeping with was it Ada? yeah talking about sleeping with robbie uh who cares she wants to sleep with both of them she will literally by next episode she will be in love with both of them and she will have to cut that final rose in two because she's an insane person and I can relate and if I had to choose you know once I'd already had a couple of dates I'd be like oh fuck well you know what I'm just gonna have to be a polygamist now I'm gonna have to join whatever the opposite of sister wives is and have 17 husbands because I cannot choose. So unfortunately, and I've said this before, I relate to Sheena and it's the darkest parts of myself. (laughs) Uh, So we get to back to the James May launch. The only other thing I wanted to say about that was Kristen being like one of the designs on the t-shirt they showed was don't let stuff get to you. It will always work out. It always has. Which, I don't know, is this from, you know, Bible O Christian? Because, oh my God, bow down bitches. But it was just so cheesy and so terrible. And also, untrue. Pissed me off. But anyway, I loved that she just proved her own branding to be wrong by then biting back in like talking heads and saying yeah um it didn't work out <laughs> the first time she launched the branch like yeah that just didn't work out I'm like bitch <laughs> I love these producers yeah so um that's essentially it because then we had the Dana butt grab and that whole awkward dinner um the ovaries being absorbed by my body. Very orky moans. And the chat between Lala and James, where the only other thing I wanted to note was that when Lala calls James, she says, hi, Jameson. I'm like, you're calling an alcoholic. (laughs) I mean, look, my bestie calls me a dysmorphic whore because... I am. And it's a bit of a, like, play on words, I guess. I mean, it's not a play on words. It's just a horrible nickname. (laughs) And he's my chinless skank. So maybe it's like calling out somebody's worst quality. Or maybe it's just fun because his name's James and it's Jameson. But I thought it was a little on the nose. Um, Next week, we have... Katie trying to take over Sir by doing some kind of coyote ugly thing. Uh, you know what? You do you, babe. You do your. And then we have Billy sitting down with LVP saying, if she can pull the fat card, I'll pull my trans card. <gasps> dun, dun, I loved it. I loved it because it's so true. They're preaching on about feminism. They're pe- preaching on about women's rights. They're preaching on about um, uh, body image, you know, comments in the workplace. Um, literally every one of these girls has called, it, it, it has called all each other whores, sluts, skanks, ugly fat bitches. Like they have called each other every name under the sun. They have called James every name under the sun. They have called Jacks. They've called each other all of these horrible names and now because six years down the line we're finally in a progressive enough moment in society to be able to be like okay you know what that's offensive please don't say that about me um and to get some recognition now they they feel like they're they can use that to their privilege and i mean 
they're white, they're skinny, they're pretty, they're on TV, they're trying to, they're trying to, they're not trying to do anything good. They're trying to manipulate the system and they're making, they're making feminism look bad and it's pissing me off. So, you know what? I am all on Team Billy because I think she has actually got something to say. She's actually had to learn these lessons about the world the hard way. She knows it's not just all sunshine and roses. She's actually had to struggle and suffer and um, learn who she is. And that's why she can notice things like um, Kristen triggering James and no one else will. Um, so I am on Team Billy. So, yeah. Let's see. I'm looking forward to next week. And with that, I am off. Thank you once again for listening to Reality TV and Me. Um, uh, if you want to check me out, I have Insta and Facebook. Facebook is facebook.com slash Kirsty with a Y. Kirsty Moore Music. And on Insta, the handle is at Kirsten, T-E-N, Kirsten Moore Music. No, Insta is at Kirsten Moore underscore music. There we go. We got there. More is with a double O. Otherwise, please subscribe, five star, comment. It really helps me out, especially because I'm a new baby podcaster. And I will chat to you soon. Bye.
Next time on The Real Housewives in New Jersey. Can we check out this Judice booty?